I always say, don't ask yourself, is it going to work? Ask yourself, how am I going to make it work? Hi guys, welcome back to a brand new episode of the University Podcast, the place to be for lifelong learners. Every month, we speak to a remarkable human being and get a chance to pick their brain on specific topics, trying to learn as much as we can from their journey, their ideas and their expertise. This month, we're absolutely delighted to speak to Elisabeth van den Berg. Elisabeth is an independent international speaker coach who coaches high performers to speak with confidence and impact. Her clients range from international companies and the European Parliament to solo entrepreneurs and small and medium-sized businesses. For those of you familiar with TED Talks, Elizabeth is the proud head coach speaker at TEDx Flanders, the largest TEDx event in Belgium. I spoke to Elizabeth about the definition of public speaking because, spoiler alert, it's not only about speaking on a stage and she shares some really cool tips with us, so be sure to bring out your notebooks. I really think you'll like this episode as she gives a fresh perspective on public speaking, on learning how to brag better and how it is to actually run a business with your partner. Enjoy the episode, guys, and don't forget to check out our Instagram page at NeverNotLearning for more content. Today's episode was recorded at Fonder. Fonder is a co-living residency in Wildrijk, Belgium, which offers you the privacy of a fully furnished studio, but also the company of warm and open-minded housemates that you can meet in the common areas like the lounge and the garden. A really cool concept, especially now when our social contacts are so limited. Visit their website www.fonder.be, that's F-O-N-D-E-R, be for more information. Hi Elizabeth, how are you? Very well, thank you. Hi Aristide. I'm very happy to uh, to have you on the show. Uh, very excited to talk about all the, the stuff that we're going to cover today from public speaking to your life as an entrepreneur. But as you know, before we start each mm -hmm. interview, the first question is always how you would describe the human being behind your professional achievements. The human being behind my professional achievements is a kind person who loves adventure, spontaneous as well. Very positive mindset, uh, a dreamer also, and someone who loves yeah, adventure, loves to meet new people, new places, yeah. always in for new things. That's awesome. What was your last big adventure? Uh, our last big adventure, good question, uh, <laughs> I felt <laughs> getting through the first lockdown, working with kids in the house was, yeah. was quite an adventure, but then also uh, over summer we managed to to go one week to France on a surf holiday with the family. Yeah. That was a nice adventure as well. Awesome, awesome. Well, we're going to talk about your work journey, but I'm always very interested to find out how things started. Uh, you've done many mm -hmm. different jobs during the course of your career. Uh, take us back to the, to the very start of your career. What did you do and how did that go for you? My very first job was uh, in executive recruitment, long, long time ago. Interesting job, looking for people to, to fill job vacancies, but not 
super fulfilling. Yeah. I did this uh, actually after six months, uh, I changed already. Yeah. <laughs> it was a different recruitment job. And I think after two, three years, I stopped doing that and took on uh, some new challenges. That's why for me, it's interesting because I'm, I'm in recruitment as well. Not that it's relevant, but yeah. uh, the fact that um, you found what you're meant to be doing, what gives you lots of energy, but you went through a whole discovery phase doing different jobs before finding what you were meant to be to be doing um, so what I do wonder is that when did you find out what you really wanted to do with your career I always had been wanting to work in communication when I went to university I studied political sciences because I was also interested in yeah working in an international environment international organizations So I picked political sciences, but knowing already that communication was my thing, but I didn't know exactly how this would manifest. And when did you then, uh, you know, find out that uh, the public speaking that you do today, I'm already spoiling the, the <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert, but yeah. when did you then decide, okay, uh, I've been an employee, um, it's time to launch my own business and mm -hmm. knowing exactly, okay, this is the way I want it to manifest itself. At some point, uh, when I was living in Brussels, also co-living with some uh, some other people, one of my housemates, she was enrolled in a public speaking club. Yeah. And one day she said, ah, Elisabeth, why don't you come with me? So I joined the club as well. And I learned the basics of public speaking. And that's where I learned how important it is mm -hmm. and how challenging also and how much it, in, it invites you to grow. But I had no idea back then that one day I'd be doing that. At that time, I was working as a project manager, organizing European events. I took this experience with me. And then some years later, when I was in a, in a management role as a head of team, I was on the receiving end of, of receiving training. And there was a trainer, Marilyn was her name, yeah. uh, I'll never forget. And she was giving us training on leadership and personal development. And that was really an eye-opening moment for me. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, wow, yeah, there's so much you can learn about yourself. And that then helps you to become a better professional. Yeah. And I remember sitting in that training and imagining or me doing one day that. But it felt like such a faraway, faraway dream. Mm -hmm. But it definitely planted the seeds. Because at that time, I was, also, I was managing a junior team. And I always tried also to help them, help them grow. So it wasn't uncommon that during the team meeting, I would do a little bit of coaching and training, teaching them some little things for them to develop themselves. Yeah, and I think that's ultimately going to that uh, experience of doing different jobs and finding out what you enjoy doing and what gives you energy and the, the, the satisfaction that you get from helping people. Mm. Um, I suppose that in, in the end, ultimately, when you have to decide your own path, You want to be doing something with as much as possible of all these different elements, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I always enjoy also yeah, listening to people, helping them, inspiring them, ma yeah, making them feel better about themselves. And at some point, this all fell into place. And what has been, the, um, after discovering, like you said, what you want to do, mm -hmm. there is the step to obviously make it a company and, and yes. you know, go out <laughs> on your own. That's a very big step. What has been, in your opinion, the, the, the biggest challenge on that front? First, so uh, if I go back to my time as a head of team, uh, managing this uh, team of junior people, helping them grow at some point, yeah, I, I stopped working there. I was also pregnant with my first child. 
and um, I wasn't happy working there anymore. Like many people, didn't get along too well with my current boss at the time. So I decided for myself, okay, I'll, I'll have the baby and then I'll just also go freelance and we'll figure it out. Yeah. So it was really like jumping in the pool and my husband made uh, a website and then I cont contacted some people in my, in my network and that's how I got my first assignments. So it was really, you know, starting out without too much To be honest, there wasn't so much of a clear plan. I was confident or I had faith, you know, that things would work out. And, you know, I, I figured, okay, I have actually quite some friends who are independent professionals. So if they can do it, I can do it as well. So I just threw myself and started working. And then, um, so a very different, very interesting project that I did. One of the first was organizing a webinar for a large hospitality company on project management and how I was helping the internal communications people work better together with the ex external agencies they were working with. And for example, this was a great assignment, great project, but I also remember when it was done, there was a bit of a black hole. I had no like sales or marketing skills. Yeah. I had no idea. Like I felt like, wow, this is something valuable and other companies could benefit of it. But the idea of picking up the phone and uh, and calling other companies that was a bit too far-fetched yeah so I, I, at that time i was then yeah waiting for a next opportunity to come to me so little by little i learned i took courses in in sales and marketing and then there was a defining moment i was working a lot for one client super interesting projects but the person i was working with like one day he wanted me to be like a, a partner in his company And the other day, my work wasn't good uh, at all, and the intern could do better work. So it was a yeah, hot and cold, uh, blowing hot and cold air. So I figured, okay, what is this? I, I really decided for myself, okay, this is not why I became independent, like a gun for hire, and I'm not yeah, enough in control. And that was not a dream. So I decided there and then, okay, I should not be a freelancer because I'm doing many different things for many different people, which is was a very exciting journey and I learned a lot about myself and, and I acquired new skills, etc. And I met a lot of nice people. But there and then I decided, okay, I'm not going to be a freelancer anymore. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. I'm gonna, and I'm going to find my one thing that I want to do. And I remember I was at the crossroads of deciding, okay, is it going to be helping companies who grow, go through change help them with their communication or is it going to be public speaking? And first I chose the first one, okay, <laughs> but it didn't work out that yeah, well. Yeah. And actually in the meantime, all my actual assignments were around public speaking, presentation mm -hmm. skills, and I had helped for a large company, uh, them organize the, the 150th anniversary and they had invited very prestigious speakers and asked me to coach them. So, and I called them a few months later, I said, ah, can I help you with communication and change management? And they said, well, actually... We want to ask you, can you coach our CEO, help him improve his public speaking skills? And then I knew, okay, this this is going to be what I'm going to do. Well, to be honest, so I did that. I was super, I, I, I remember putting down the phone and thinking, oh my God. But of course I said yes, and then I figured it out and I made it work. And then, I, yeah, I hadn't entirely made up my mind, but then uh, a few months later, something tragic happened. Uh, my, my cousin very sudden passed away. She was very close to me, also the godmother of, of my daughter. And her sudden passing away made me realize how fragile life is and that life is too short not to go for your dream. And then I was I, this 
event, I used that, the, yeah, the sadness, and I turned it into something positive in an absolute choice for yeah. myself, for my, my professional future. Yeah, yeah. And really then decided yeah. to do what, you know, what follow your dream, so to, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. I also really liked what you said, the nuance between a freelancer and an entrepreneur. I thought that was mm. very interesting because as a, as a freelancer, you're, you're a contractor, basically, and mm -hmm. then you're working in assignments for someone else. And then when you move into your seat as an entrepreneur, then you're the one Uh, maybe imposing is not the right word, but it's your service, mm -hmm. your service and people yeah. either accept your service or, or buy your service mm -hmm. or not. And I think that's a very interesting nuance. Yes, it's, uh, it's a different mindset also. Yeah. It's like, okay, now I'm going to make something or yeah, put my own offer in mm -hmm. my in my window, eh? yeah. the window of my shop, yeah. and put one thing there. And that's really, it's the good thing to do, but for so long, I, yeah, it felt also scary, like, oh my God, I'm gonna put myself behind one thing and then and, and, ah, what if this one thing doesn't work? What, yeah. yeah, so it's in a way it's not difficult. You just pick something, but then like to have the courage to do that yeah. and to go out for, okay, stand for, okay, Elizabeth is speaker coach. Elizabeth, yeah. Yes, you go to her for public speaking. So and uh, having that courage and also yeah. the, the courage to go for it without necessarily knowing at that time mm. if it's going to work out and if it's the, that's the thing that you're going to continue doing. That's what I also like, yeah. the fact that you try different things and then, mm. you, you know, ultimately you end up uh, finding your, uh, your place. Yeah. I also always say, don't ask yourself, is it going to work? Ask yourself, how am I going to make it work? Yeah. So that's I like how that. I, yeah. I like that a lot. A few minutes ago, you spoke mm. about, briefly, you mentioned your husband. And, mm -hmm. and that's one of the things that I discovered, which really intrigued me as well, that you and your husband actually work together, your, mm -hmm. your business partners. How did you, how did you guys come to that uh, decision mm. to, you know, work together? Good question. We, I had actually proposed already a few times, like, oh, what if we, you know, join our forces But he always said no, he kept the door closed. And at some point I, you know, I didn't ask anymore and it was fine. Eh? He was doing his thing with copywriting and digital marketing, online marketing, and I was doing my thing. But then two years ago, one day he said, oh, Elizabeth, you know what? Your business is taking off so nicely. Uh, there's so much momentum. I think this is a good time for me to join forces with you. And help your business grow. Yeah. Like, yes, yellow. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> and and just yeah. for people uh, listening, are clear. So what was your your husband's you know background slash profession, and how does he then help you with that uh, today? Back in the days, he studied uh, film, and then he's been working as a yeah some journalism work and writing, copywriting, helping yeah write text for a website con yeah, for con to improve conversion yeah more on the uh, digital and so he had his own business around that and we had of course there was some you know me helping him him helping me already yeah. but at, at some point yeah and he had you know he had already built my website and everything yeah? but then at some point yeah he was convinced that yeah it was the the, the wiser decision that he yeah. joined me yeah. and that it would make perfect sense to join the forces because we have such complementary skills yeah exactly and and from an outsider perspective mm -hmm. it seems that you are uh, you know let's say the, the the brains in the sense that it's mm -hmm. you, you know the product and you you have the expertise and and, and you're the one uh, providing the the service mm -hmm. and then he is doing like the technical side if i understand correctly the website the um, yeah. i think he's done a lot of awesome things i, I read online that mm -hmm. uh, if you if you google public speaking when you're in belgium that you're yeah. the first uh, website that comes yes. up right yeah. yeah 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 it's been 
Yeah, like he also knows about uh, SEO, yeah. search engine optimization. So he's been doing a lot of work and also strategic, you know, on, on, on the strategy, we, we do this together. So he's a very good sounding board for me. Like, where do we take the business? He's always been, he follows, you know, specialists, experts on online marketing. Mm-hmm. So all that knowledge, yeah, comes from him him, and, and he puts that in the business. So I am I am the face of the business. I am the coach. I'm the... Uh, the business is my my brainchild. It's my mission, my my dream, but it it couldn't be what it is today without yeah. his input. He does so much as in the in the back office because sometimes people are like, yeah, but then what does he do? And he's like, yeah, he does like one million things, yeah. and, and they're all so important. Yeah, but yeah. And I think a lot of people will be like, you know, thinking that they will never be able to work with their with their partner. Oh yeah, so yeah, I, we I get I that a lot. Yeah, <laughs> and I suppose that's a big roller coaster. So what, what have you? Yeah. What have you learned about yourself and what have you learned about your husband working together? Mm. I learned about myself that, well, we knew this principle already, but it's uh, in business, don't go by expectations, go by agreements. So I did have certain expectations when he joined and then he didn't deliver on the expectations, but there was no agreement on them or he yeah. had never like made a promise that I, I'll do this or that. For example, I, was, I thought, oh yeah, great, he's going to do all my social media posts and he's going to manage all of that because actually he had been training companies in how to do their social media yeah. social media strategy so I was like oh my god good uh, oh my god that's good he's gonna do that for me but then yeah was not that much this his thing so that was a that's an example of you know you get to know each other better and you have to agree you have to make clear agreements and yeah when you start working together as a couple for the same company like everything uh, it's a journey so you have to get to know each other also better there. And so I give him some time to find his yeah, position. And now today, we know really well what he does well. I regularly check in also. I ask, okay, Jelle, eh, are you doing what you love? Do you, are you happy eh, with the work that you do? And then things that need to be done that neither of us wants to do, we we outsource, hire freelancers to yeah, help us. I like that. And what you mentioned about the agreements, I think that's mm-hmm. super important, especially as a, as a couple, as, yeah, a, yeah, as yeah. a married couple. Yeah. Uh, but I think even outside of that with colleagues, mm-hmm. uh, the fact that you really make it clear, listen, this is, what I, this is what I would like and that you have the other person actually agree to it and, like you say, come to an agreement. Mm-hmm. And I can uh, imagine that that will help it be more fluid and, and less arguments. Yeah, because clearly, you know, I'm not looking over his shoulder all the time. Eh? We were we trust each other and then we, we check in. Okay, what are you doing today? What are you take, doing? Okay, where are we going? Uh, how is this week looking? But then, yeah, we both like our autonomy a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. And on top of that, your parents. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have two children. Yeah. So you really decided to tackle the impossible. And how do you manage that with the children as well? Yeah, so it's uh, yeah, so we uh, we are married. We have children together. We are business partners, and we run also a household together. Uh, I mean, we do have a cleaning lady uh, to help us with that. But still, I think yeah, towards the children, I consider myself yeah lucky. I mean, it's no coincidence. But we are definitely a team. We consider ourselves a team, wh- whether it comes to business or to kids. We do this together. So early on, uh, you know, Jelle very well knew how to change a diaper and all of those things. So he's a very, very engaged father. And it's nice to do that so much together also, to be there together for the children. When they were young, you know, it didn't matter for them whether they were with me or with him, if the other one was working. So it was not that, you know, they only wanted to spend time with me. They were super used to also, you know, spending time with him. 
And how do we do that now? Okay, yeah, this is a funny story that, okay, Jelle is, he likes to have agreements. Eh? So yeah. I, I do this, you do that. Okay, do we have an agreement? Yes, we have an agreement. But for me, not when it comes to work, eh? but when it comes to outside of work, it's sometimes challenging for me yeah. <laughs> to, to stick the, to that. I, I like my, you know, freedom and to improvise a bit in the moment and, and go with the flow and then... But now we are finally, and he's very happy, we're managing that one week he takes care of the kids in the morning and I take care of the kids in the evening and then we switch it around. And we've been trying this like for so long and it didn't work because then I was like, yeah, but if you take care of the kids, but then I'm also around and how, who does what and this and that. But now it's, now it works. So we finally... (laughs) Quite a great agreement. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. And talking about that, I think that's a very good takeaway. Uh, but I'm sure that there's lots of couples who mm-hmm. probably have talked about the possibility of starting a, a business together, but the whole negative expectation of that might uh, hold them back and mm. they think that their relationship might be in danger. And so I, I can imagine that lots of mm-hmm. people feel that. So, which advice would you give to such a couple thinking about that on, mm-hmm. on how to best make it work? In a relationship, there is the couple, but there is also always still the individual. So there's me, there's me and Jelle, and there's Jelle. And the same in, in the business. We're in the business together, but the fact that eh, regularly I ask him, eh, are you happy in the business? Does, does working in the business, the tasks that you do, does it satisfy you? I, I think that's an important question. And also for me, eh, we do things together in the business, and it's fun, and I do my things, he does his things. So checking in. For me, my work is a happy place and I also want the same for him and also and this has been challenging of course eh, because of the whole COVID situation because we spend so much time at home so the alone time like the time for yourself to find that and also the couple time because eh, we're often it's we're parents or we're business partners and then to find also some time for us as a couple it's important I read something this week and I felt this that was so beautiful as a metaphor for a couple you don't have to be on the same page but you have to be reading from the same book I like that because I like that it's like you don't always have to be all the time in perfect harmony no Mm -hmm. but you want to have more or less the same goals and leave each other enough freedom to yeah. be and, you know. Yeah. Okay, yeah. awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. Mm. Um, now, obviously, the, the business that you have is about public speaking, yeah. right? Yeah. But I, I'd like to maybe in your own words explain to us, you know, what is the business uh, mm-hmm. that you're in and what is the service that you offer? Yeah. Public speaking is not simply the big keynote on the big stage, which some people think public speaking is. That's one part of it. But for me, public speaking is every speaking opportunity or challenge that you have in a professional context. So for me, it's every speaking opportunity that is professionally related. So it can be a job interview. I work a lot also with people who want a promotion or they received a promotion and all of a sudden they have to represent the company externally. Or I work with a CEO. She is recently has become the CEO, was in the company since forever, and she was more yeah, in an observing role, but now she is a CEO, so she has to take the lead, and so you have to start thinking and speaking in a different way. Mm-hmm. So these are typical challenges, and so I always check with my clients, oh, yeah, okay, so when are you speaking? Internally uh, in the company or externally? Who are you speaking to? I uh, work a lot also with people from the EU bubble, so this can be NGOs or public affairs, professionals, etc. So I always check with them, like what is the specific speaking 
opportunity? What are then the specific challenges? So it's very wide, actually, yeah. which makes it also so fascinating and, yeah. and interesting. Yeah. yeah, because it's true that when you hear public speaking, obviously you think about the big you know, speeches on a, on mm-hmm. a stadium. I know yeah. you're your coach at, at TEDx Flanders, uh, yeah. so that's the, the, the first image mm-hmm. that you have in mind. But so as you said, it's, it's really every speaking opportunity that you have for promotions, I suppose, salary increase, you know, those yeah. kind of conversation that's where you you coach people on how to improve their delivery improve yep. their message be more consistent i suppose yeah okay. it can also be yeah okay now a keynotes people who wrote uh, a book yeah. and then they go talk about the book or yeah a new product uh, yeah more sales related more inspirational so there's so many different speaking goals also yeah and why in your opinion is it important to really pay attention to how you speak? Well, I would say uh, communication skills. Some people call it soft skills. I call them fundamental skills. Yeah. It's so important. Because if you think about it, in, in business at work, a business is actually a accumulation of conversations. And conversations, yeah, it's all about communication. It's who are you, what do you say, how do you say it? It's so important that you talk the right language, that you deliver the right message, that you speak to the, the level of the audience. So there are so many things to take into account. And strangely, this is not really something that we learn at school or, or university, but it's so fundamental. Yeah, yeah. You, you think like, yeah, I speak the way I speak. Yeah. And I know that it's really important. I, mm-hmm. I made the step as well a few years ago from... Mm-hmm. Being a, a team member to being a team leader, uh-huh. uh, so you know. and then yeah, so <laughs> it's, it's, I can really recognize the. Yeah. The I remember the day actually that I really realized okay, my message is not my message anymore. Mm-hmm. It's partly also the message of the of the of the company. Yeah, uh, and the way I bring it is really important because if I don't do it in a proper way, people will get another conclusion from it, and then uh, you know stories will start yeah. building. So it is really yeah. important indeed. Yeah, and it's also related to yeah identity. Like yeah. you, yes, people talk how they talk. They are who they are. But then they come into in a new challenging situation, and then they yeah have to s- grow. Mm-hmm. So their I- identity changes a bit, yeah. and they look at themselves different. The challenges are different, and how do you bridge that gap? That's yeah. then the, the question, and that's when people come to me. Now, for someone who's listening and is like, okay, okay, mm-hmm. it sounds uh, it sounds interesting. Yeah. What are the few best practices or, or tips on on public speaking that you can share with us? It's about yeah, it's about clarity. It's about being relevant. It has to be relevant for the audience. So always adapting your message to the audience. I do feel that. A lot of people who have to speak, they do it and they copy what they have other people seen doing, like monkey see, monkey do. Uh, And they don't really give it so much thought. Eh? For some people, it's really stress-inducing and, oh my God, I have to present. And then they look at how their manager is doing it and then they copy that. And and, yeah, it can go well, but it can also not go well at all. But so a little bit of introspection. A little bit of introspection, like, who am I? What is my intention? And I always say when I give training or when I work with people, a speaker is a leader. And I say that because it triggers people, because they might not have thought about it in that way, because they hide behind, ah, yeah, but I'm like like this, I've always done speaking in this way, and I'd I'd rather not change, because we have a a certain level of comfort, 
but then comes a new challenge and then you have to go out of your comfort and yeah. become a better version of yourself and that's why for me public speaking in the end it's a means to grow personally and professionally mm-hmm. and it's the best way yeah. because it's challenging and you cannot hide yourself when yeah. you're speaking in front of a group yes yeah. you know it shows uh, what you're thinking or how you feel about yourself it shows and so it's a great way to grow because it's so action oriented and in the end you yeah. are responsible for the image that you give to people you know you yeah. you're responsible for how your colleagues see mm-hmm. you and your boss sees yeah. you and your clients see you and i think sometimes there's a bit of a negative thought around that people think okay i don't want to i just want to be myself and yeah, i don't exactly. want to I, I know I don't want to <laughs> pretend that I'm something yeah. I'm not, but it, it's totally not the same thing in my opinion. You're really in control of of how people how people perceive you, and that's fine to be mm-hmm. mindful of that. Exactly, because yeah, we we grow, we evolve. A six year old child also looks at how are older children doing certain things, and yeah. then they start copying that, and that's how they grow. Mm-hmm. That's how they get better. They start yeah. experimenting. Playing a bit cool, yeah. for example, yeah. <laughs> seeing the uh, the older cool kids do something in a certain way or use a certain little sentence, and then they just copy that and then they, they make it their own. And it's the same with public speaking, and and that's why it's why I love my job so much because I see you know people come to me and then, yeah, when when we when we work together, then they I see them grow, I see them change, transform, grow, and and become. The, the better version of themselves and yeah. that's really the, the beauty of my job i suppose it's it's a very fulfilling feeling as well to be able to help people especially with something so important as, mm-hmm. as uh, this public speaking could you share with us maybe a uh, like a like a success story or someone that you've coached and that you mm-hmm. say okay uh, this was the situation this is what they they tried or changed and this is the result that in spring i was working with um, someone working at a very large uh, company and she she felt that oh i'm still working at manager level and i want to go to director level because all of a sudden i'm the oldest in the room eh, among my peers and so i started working with her and already yeah after one session her boss noticed that her way of being her way of yeah how you present yourself hold yourself uh, and it's really all in the mind eh? that's where the change starts it's invisible but then, yeah, you start, because you start thinking differently about yourself. Yeah. And so back to this identity level, you think different about yourself, you think different about public speaking, and then you start speaking in a different way. Uh, what, uh, what you said earlier, you become intentionable about how you want people to perceive you. You do a bit of work around that, and that's the, the start of uh, big change and yeah. growth. A very important tip and a little bit ironic, eh, funny also, is I have one exercise that I have everybody do, and I tell them it's really easy because you don't have to say anything. But then I notice it is difficult for people to do this exercise. And so I ask people to come and stand in front of the imaginary group and take that position and and actually don't say anything. So how does it usually go? Eh, People have to speak in public, and they come on the stage or they come in front of the group and they feel pressured. They feel, oh my God, and everybody's looking at me and oh my, there's this inner conversation going on and it's a bit of panic. And then they, they come on and they see all the eyes on them. They feel this panic and then and there they start speaking. So on the external trigger. And so I invite them to flip this entirely around and I tell them, okay, here's what you're going to do. 
you're gonna come up, you're gonna take your position, put your two feet on the ground, ground yourself, stand up straight, look at the audience, take a deep breath, if possible, smile, and then you like hold that moment. So instead of feeling pressure to start speaking and actually start speaking, you take control. You put yourself in the driver's seat. And that's also, yeah, this idea of the speaker is a leader. And this is so simple because everybody in theory can do this. Yeah. But it, this is yeah, a very, very interesting exercise. Yeah. And, and people I work with uh, months later, or they'll, they'll talk to me about, oh, yeah, Elizabeth, that was, that was so great. And, yeah. and this really changed everything. Yeah. Because it's then and there. And, and the funny thing is, eh, as I said, you don't even say anything. But it's so has such a big impact yeah. on the way people see themselves and on the way they look at what it actually is, public speaking. So yeah. it's this whole idea of taking control, uh, respecting yourself by taking a oxygen in before you start speaking and then commanding yourself. Like, okay, I'll, speak, I'll start speaking when I decide I am ready. Yes. And, and this is the thing that I want to, uh, people to experience because this is really something that you experience. Because people are afraid of silence. They're, uh, when we have to talk, we love it that when to hear ourselves talking because we feel like, okay, as long as I'm talking, I'm fine. There is no panic. I hear my voice going on and they're very afraid to stop talking. Yeah. So people are afraid to pause. But I work with them and I tell them, I want to pause to become your best friend. Because eh, if you start in the way that I just explained and you continue to speak in that way, like you plan for your pause, you take a regular pause, that's always your moment to come back to yourself, to center yourself, to stay in your strength, to feel in control and feel comfortable rather than feeling pressured yeah. and, and judged and, and yeah. That, yeah. yeah, taking control, and I think that uh, incidentally, I, I I did some uh, public speaking uh, at a company event. It was my mm -hmm. very first time, uh -huh. and I wish I'd met you before <laughs> because I, I just yeah. like I threw myself out there, and the text yeah. was coming out. But uh, like you said, there was totally no control, yeah. and and you know it was over before I knew it. But I didn't yeah. I didn't really stand there to tell my story. I was just yeah, yeah, because it's for some people such a hi so highly stressful. They do it, but they're a bit disconnected from themselves. Yeah. And, it, and afterwards, they're like, oh my God, is it over? Oh, I don't remember what I did. So my goal is to help people stay connected to themselves, stay connected to the message, and then in that sense, connect to the audience. And yeah, oh, my, my, oh, my wish is always for people to start enjoying and loving yeah. the public speaking by yeah. showing them how, what it actually is and, and how it can be done. Awesome. And what are some of the other... Uh, techniques that you can uh, share with us when we talk about and so this this one this first tip it's about yeah confidence and and the connection and the second tip or another tip that that i can share is more on the content some people i must be honest naturally speak in a structured way these people exist but <laughs> most people they don't really talk think about the structure uh, they think don't realize that there is a way a structure or something that that, that can help them to bring home the message because a good speaker always knows what point he or she is making and that knowing the point you have to make helps you actually make it in contrary to some people who start speaking and then kind of hope they get into a certain flow and that makes them feel okay and then they think it went well and it can go well eh, of course in that way 
but it's always good to know which point you're going to make. So how do you work towards that? There is a very simple technique. It's the message house where you have a roof and three rooms. And for the listeners, you can picture yourself uh, that roof, the house uh, with the three rooms who look like three pillars, one next to the other. So in the roof, you put your message, okay. the statement, uh, the one point you want people to remember after you have spoken. And then in these three rooms, you put the three points that support your message. And that's your main structure. Yeah. And then on top of that, you have your introductory sentences and, and your ending, of course. But to have that simple structure is so valuable. And this rule of three and the three rooms is what our brains love. We say the good, the bad, the ugly, veni, vidi, vici. Our brain, uh, for some reason, loves that this rule of three. And if there is more, stick to three, five, or seven, not the two, four, six. That's also something, yeah, brain science tells us that we love that better. So that's a very good tip to have that simple and entire frame of your talk as a mind map yeah. in front of you. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's something that you, you, you write down or you draw it yeah. and you know, okay, this is my roof, this is my main message, and then yeah. the three chambers, the, the ones that uh, mm -hmm. parts of the story or the arguments that support my message. And then, uh, like you said, the introduction and the end. So yeah. knowing, being purposeful about yeah. the message that you, uh, that you want to bring. I wanted to take a step back and give one example. Eh? If my message is public speaking is the one skill that is going to advance your career more than any other skill. If you want to improve, you should work on confidence, content and connection. That's my methodology also, my approach. And then, so that's the three rooms then, or chambers, confidence, content, connection. And then I would explain, okay, what is it? Why is it important? And give an example uh, for each of those three Pillars, confidence, content, connection, and yeah. then that's my that's my structure. I know that uh, you you offer different services, uh, mm -hmm. different training, uh, the one-on-one -on -one, uh, sessions that you have mm -hmm. as well. There is uh, one uh, that I saw uh, which was particularly interesting. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it's called Out Loud. Absolutely, uh, and I thought that that seemed super interesting. Tell us about that uh, that service. Yeah. First of all, and for the listeners who want more tips, who felt like this is helpful, this helps me, you can visit my website. We have a blog with articles, plenty of tips. You can register to our newsletter. We have a free course. So plenty, plenty, plenty of tips all to help and serve you. Then Out Loud. Yes, Out Loud is my online program, which I'm very proud of and which I'm also very happy that we finally managed to launch it. We had this uh, idea already for a while to take our business online. But yeah, I was so busy giving trainings and then and coachings that was difficult to find the time to do so. And well, we wanted to launch it in spring, but we were babysitting the children. <laughs> and so we managed to get everything ready for September and then launch in October. So Out Loud is my online program. And I do this because it's my way, it's a, a solution to help many more people. Yeah. And then I'd be able in, in classroom or with one-on-one. -on -one. So it's a five-week online program and community taking the participants on a development journey. Every week there is an inspirational video from, from me, of course, mm -hmm. an instructional video and a video assignment. Okay. So I think the strength, well, there's many things, but uh, the, the, the strength of the OutLoud program is that it's very inspiring. It, it's lifting you up and kindly inviting you to not so, I mean, 
insisting you take action as <laughs> <Kindly> well. Kindly insisting. <laughs> kindly insisting. Sorry, kindly insisting to then also make a video every week. Okay. Uh, so it's a deep, yeah, it's it's a deep dive, like really putting you, yeah, in the action in a safe environment. It's a community. Everybody who participates gets also a buddy because, yeah, if you have to do it on your own, it's a bit more challenging. So it's nice to have a like a partner, a buddy who is there to to help you. We also develop a self-assessment and checklists. So before people start, we explain them. Yeah, we help them. How can you evaluate yourself? What does success success look like? What kind of speaker do you want to become? So they have this self-scoring card yeah. um, for them to to follow. I always say public speaking. Eh, I said it before is the best way to grow personally and professionally, and that's exactly what Outloud does. And on top of that, it is with a super fun group of other people and community. I know, yeah. yeah, some friendships came out of the first edition, so that's. Really nice participants were super excited. One said, "Oh, you planted a Michelle Obama seed. You've <laughs> really it has meant so much to me. Yeah. It has m- brought so much positive change in my life." And someone else said, uh, "I want to participate again to stay in that in that vibe that actually yeah. that out loud gives." So yeah. Uh, yeah. And what do you hope that uh, you know the, the women that are mm-hmm. uh, in the program because mm-hmm. it's a, it's a program for for women? What do you yep. hope that they gain from it? It should activate their confidence. It shows them new ways of speaking. It strengthens their their leadership. They'll be able to speak in a more inspiring, professional, and structured way. The first time we uh, we spoke, uh, there was a, a book that you that you recommended uh, yes. that, I, that I should read. I'm almost uh, at the end, by the way, because I listened. Oh my via, god! <laughs> I listened via Audible, so yeah, it, go, yeah, it goes yeah. quick. I think I have like yeah. an hour to go. Yeah. Um, and the book is called "Brag Better: yeah. Master the Art of Fearless Self Promotion." Yes. I love the title and I love the book up to now. It's a book by Meredith, Meredith Feynman. You've read it. Maybe you can share with us what, what you've uh, learned from, from that book because I, I gathered that it was a book which, was, which has been important to you. Yeah, so it's a small funny story and that is that I, I came past the book online and I loved the title eh, like, like yeah. you did and I, I pre-ordered it at that time and I forgot about it. And like some... Two months later, uh, all of a sudden, it was a total surprise because I had forgotten about it. This book arrives in my uh, mailbox. So I was super happy to to receive this book and it was uh, eye-opening to read it. And I felt very much like, oh my God, this book describes my mission also, yeah. the work that I do. Like, I work a lot uh, also helping people shift from from feeling not good enough and being ashamed of, of their work or so many things to being proud. Uh, yeah. If you want to speak about your work, it works better if you do that from being proud rather than feeling ashamed of, of what you do. So this book, I was it was such a rele- revelation. She talks about uh, her, her methodology or approach. Be um, proud, be loud and be strategic. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, that's, that's what I do as well yeah. and what I want to help people with. And also in in Belgium and Flanders, it's and especially for women, you know, it's uh, difficult for us to be proud and loud about uh, what yeah. we do. And I see so many people who do amazing work and they hold back. They don't really talk about it. They wait until maybe someone else will will mention it. But it's if you do important work and you want to make a positive impact in the world, it's part of your job to also yeah. you know 
talk about it and, yes. and bring own it, it out, own it and yeah. tell other people about it. And I know it's not easy, mm-hmm. but yeah, this book shows you how to do it and yeah. encourages you how to do it. And I love how she also talks about, because I recognize this as well. She says, eh, what are your power words yeah. or your superpower words? Yeah. And I also work around that and I know I Tell people, okay, what what is your intention? Think about eh, whenever you feel out of balance, think about your intention. Think about three words that describe you, three words that how you want to be perceived. Eh? And for me, that's professional, expert, and, and warm personality. And these are like, yeah, she uses eh, then yeah. superpower words. I was like, oh my God, yeah, this is so powerful. And to, you know, I also love the title, Brag Better. So yeah. it's not like, should I brag or not? No, it's you should do it better. Like think about better ways of doing it. And it's really about not holding back because that's also a very important part in my work that I see so many people holding back. We hold ourselves back, which is sad, but it's also good news because we hold the key to not holding ourselves back anymore. And I help people get a hold of that key. So yeah, the Brag Better book is definitely, yeah. yeah I, w- I would definitely recommend <laughs> yeah, to, rec- to everyone yeah. to, to, uh, to read it. And yeah. I think that when I was listening to the book, I was thinking mm-hmm. the same, like this is exactly what yeah. uh, Elizabeth's mission uh, is. Yeah. Um, and the, 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 what was it, the superpower words I thought yeah. was brilliant as well to yeah. have these three adjectives mm-hmm. uh, like you had that mm-hmm. you can relate to and then you feel proud to yeah. to, to share that with uh, with the world being loud uh, and, and bragging a lot of people feel bad about it but being loud it doesn't mean being arrogant mm. and what i also like a lot in my work is to help people find ways in in being louder but still feeling that it's okay, still feeling that feeling themselves. And it's the same with public speaking. Some people don't do it or hold back because they see speakers speak in a certain style or way and they feel, oh, it's not me, so it's not for me. So def- finding out that also introverted people can speak, be themselves and speak and be very successful. I like that idea a lot. And I see this also in the book, Brag Better, uh, when she says, okay, uh, being loud, it doesn't mean that you necessarily have to take the stage and speak. It can also be that you start writing long read articles, yeah. or there's different ways of making yourself seen and heard. Yeah, and she, and she, she yeah. mentioned being mindful about your LinkedIn bio, for yeah. instance, and, and and those kind of things. Yeah. So all this, yeah, being intentional. Eh? Yeah. This all goes back to yeah, speaker is a leader, and if. Uh, all kinds of professionals who want to make a positive impact, yeah, they have to find a way to be vocal about their work so they can inspire more pe- more people. Yeah, and I like what you said that it's not bragging, and that's th- something which she also starts with in the book. Is mm-hmm. you need to start with facts, stating facts. Yeah, state facts. Like what have you achieved? Yep. What are you achieving today? Yep. Which added value are you offering? That's a fact. Yeah, and then. You know, sharing that with the world. Yes, uh, yeah. I am yet speaking on another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I am yet coaching another CEO. Yeah. Yeah, these are things that you do, so it's okay to to say it, even if it feels like, oh my God, yeah, am I now is this, yeah. uh, bragging? What, who do I think I am? Eh? This yeah. we, we police ourselves exactly. in our head, and it's a pity, especially for women and, and other people. We need so many role models for, for the younger generation to look up to, people who speak out and who show, the, who show what they do. Also because, yeah, very successful people, we see their success, but it's interesting and important to see the story behind. And yeah. so, yeah. And I, I have an idea, but what mm. do you th- feel that is your purpose? 
what is my what is your idea? <laughs> um, yeah, my my what my purpose is to help people grow, become better and more effective leaders, more successful professionals, and and female empowerment is yeah. definitely part of that, and and yeah, enhancing diversity as well. Yeah, yeah. well, that's what I thought, <laughs> <laughs> word for word. Uh, no, I think that's 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 really what I uh, honestly also what I thought, mm. and that's why I wanted you to to repeat that as well because I know that it's something that a lot of people you know have in their mind and have doubts yeah. and insecurities about, mm. and, and I think it's amazing that you have uh, your platform that yeah. you offer and that people can reach out to you and and uh, you know start building their self-confidence and being proud of what they're achieving and yeah. activate exactly confidence activate <laughs> you have it already yeah. but yeah yeah no it's important because i didn't yeah wake up when i was 20 and, and decided oh i'm gonna be a speaker coach um it was also a, a journey and i n always knew i wanted to do something meaningful but then how do you choose and yeah. uh and I'm glad that at some point I managed to to choose and then to put all my effort and energy and all my passion and enthusiasm in that one thing. Yeah. And then and then yeah, make you know I'm not gonna change the world, but I'm gonna do what I can and and hopefully make a lot of impact. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot for for sharing that, uh, Elizabeth. I've uh, you know picked up a lot of things myself, but I think if I have to narrow it down, uh, mm -hmm. it's it's really the you know the fact of of taking ownership. Of yes of yourself of mm -hmm. who you want to be mm -hmm. um, starting with facts as we as we mentioned obviously but the fact that it's okay that it's even a must to to do it um, I think lots of people f sometimes feel a bit insecure about doing it but that's my biggest takeaway today that just you know believe in yourself and and share uh, with the world what you what yep. you what you've achieved so thanks for uh, for sharing that with us now we always end our episode with the same uh, mm -hmm. question and that yep. is if you could give all our listeners today one final tip or life advice what would that be and why it would be which i often give myself this advice everything is possible but it doesn't just happen automatically huh? you have you have to put a bit of effort in it but that yeah everything is possible nice piece i like that thanks for sharing the message thanks again elizabeth and i hope to uh, speak to you again very soon likewise it was my pleasure Hi everyone, thanks for making it all the way to the end of the interview. Be sure to stick around for a little while longer because Cure Jules is back. Hi Jules, great to have you back. Thanks, happy to be back myself. What have you been up to the past few months? Well, 2020 has been quite a journey for all of us, including me. But I've been working hard on some episodes of The Curious Jules and uh, I have to tell you, some of them are super fun. Awesome. I can't wait to hear them all. Uh, but let's dive straight into this. What are we going to be talking about today? So I want to start off with this. You got two types of people. The ones who are always hot and basically wear t-shirts and flip-flops during winter. And the ones who always bring that extra sweatshirt because it's too cold. I am the one bringing that extra sweatshirt and scarf everywhere, even with 39 degrees. Now, because we wear clothes all the time, or at least most of us do, and we can live in our warm and cozy homes with blankets, drinking hot cocos, well, that puts us in our comfort zone. And so in that way, we are not connected to nature at all. Now, because we've been living this way for years now, our physical resistance has changed to a more vulnerable state. Meaning that we get sick more easily during the year, going from colds to headaches to the flu to even immune system problems. Not only physical problems occur, we are talking about burnout, stress, depression that becomes one of the biggest challenges nowadays. And now, what do most of us do? The common reactions are that we 
just go to the doctor, taking pills and get rid of our issues as soon as possible. Luckily, more and more people get conscious and go further than this reaction. So I asked myself the same question. What if we can tap back into our primordial mindset and let our body fight it and not the pills? Well, then I got some great news for you. I found a method that makes your body stronger and it will consciously control your immune system. Moreover, it will deal with stress and pain better than anything else. It will increase your focus, concentration and improve your metabolism, sleep and it gives you more energy. The best thing about this method? All rooted in scientific proof. The method I'm talking about is the Wim Hof method. Now, I thought I would never say this, but I became a big fan of him after trying it out for 30 days. Well, now that you mentioned the name, I remember Lieven van Linde mentioned something about this during episode number five. Now, for the people who've never heard of Wim Hof, tell us, uh, who is he? Wim Hof is also known as the Iceman. Wim Hof is an extreme athlete noted for his ability to withstand freezing temperatures. He attributes his feats to Wim Hof method. The Wim Hof method is a combination of frequent cold exposure, breathing techniques and mindset commitments. What you basically do is you reset your whole body. Now, this is a very important one. He believes that any disease stems from inflammation and that with the power of our own body and our mind, we are able to recover faster and boost our immune system only if we use the right method. The good thing about this method, you can do it from the comfort of your own home. It is simple, it is effective and it is rooted in science and it's just everyone can do it. That's the nice thing about it. Now, what I really want to say with this is that it's just not this other new theory. It has been practiced, researched and scientifically proven to work. Okay, that sounds uh, interesting. So if I, if I want to start with this, how does it work exactly? Well, before you want to start with it, it's important to know that the Wim Hof method is based on three important pillars. The first one is breathing, then you have cold therapy and mindset commitments. Let's start off with breathing. To start with the Wim Hof method, you start off with quite an intense breathing technique. Now, why is this step so essential? Well, the way you breathe makes a lot of difference in your body. The deeper you breathe, the more alkalizing the effect on your body. If you take deep breaths, you put more oxygen in your system and it helps clean your system as well. So how do you do this? You'll start with breathing through your mouth and your nose from your belly to your chest for about 30 times. So in that way, you take in as much oxygen as you can. After 30 rounds of deep inhales, you let all of your air out of your lungs and you hold still and you hold your breath as long as you can. After you can't hold your breath anymore, you take a big breath in and hold it for about 10 to 15 seconds. When you've finished your first round, you can do as many rounds as you like, but on average, most people do three to four rounds. After the breathing session, you are ready to take your cold shower or your ice bath. I thought in the beginning that I had to say goodbye to my hot showers, but nothing could be further from the truth. Luckily, you can start with your hot showers to wash yourself first. Then you put the shower off, Put it on cold and then it is very important to go in gradually. You don't want to give yourself a heart attack here. So go in with your feet first, then your hands and then gradually with your whole body. You want to stay in for about 60 seconds. Now try not to cramp up too much because normally when you go into a cold shower you cramp up. But here it's very important to know that going into cold shower is to relax and not to battle it. Here your mind is your power. Which brings me to the third pillar, mindset commitment. Now, like I said before, everything you do within the Wim Hof method is a mindset. Wim believes that your mind brings you the power to discard all anxiety, stress, etc. 
Because conscious breathing and cold therapy require patience and dedication. We believe you can train your brain to increase willpower and self-control. Now, I gave a brief summary of the three pillars, but if you want to know more about those pillars, you can go to his website. He has a Wim Hof website, but there's also a very interesting app you can use. It's the uh, Wim Hof Method app, and it will guide you through the challenge with a step-by-step guide. That sounds uh, super interesting. Uh, I tried the cold showers, by the way, last oh, year. Oh, you did? Uh, yeah, nice. and they're, uh, they're a fantastic way to, uh, to start your morning. Uh, but tell us about your journey. How did you tackle this challenge? Well, as you know, I tried a lot of methods before, but I'm quite surprised to say that this was the most transformational of all. When it comes to the breathing technique, it really takes some time to get a hang of it. In the beginning, I was overthinking way too much how I had to breathe, and I was just not making a flow. I felt dizzy, sometimes nauseous, because it's super intense. After a while, you get a hang of it more. So you really have to get through that first uncomfortable phase. After that phase, you just get it more. You feel it more, and after a few rounds, it gives you the high on life feeling, and that's just incredible. The nice thing is that after a while, you become very much into the now and into more of a meditation state. When it comes to the cold showers, Wim Hof always says that the cold is your teacher. And to be honest, I didn't really get it in the beginning. I was like, Wim, I don't know what you're talking about here. In the beginning, I only saw goosebumps and uncomfortable cold. But after a while, you don't see the cold shower as your enemy anymore. And it becomes your energy booster. It felt like I was getting my first coffee as my shower, which is really nice. I felt super energized, not only physically, but mentally. I felt really clear and focused. Now I get why Wim Hof sees the cold shower as a teacher. The cold strengthens your mindset in a way that you see the cold as your reset button as the start of the day. For me, the key to success was really endurance. The first two weeks, I didn't really know what I was doing. And to be honest, I still don't have a clue what I'm doing. I really feel that I need to give it a bit more time, but it feels more part of my life and I get it now. I can do three rounds of breathing and one minute of cold shower. I cannot tell you yet about the long-term differences, but what I can tell you for now is that only the mindset advantages makes me want to remain doing this. So if I can wrap it up in three points, I would say one, try to start with Wim Hof method gradually. Start with one breathing round and let's say 30 seconds of cold shower and then build it up. For number two, try to be mindful at all times. Approach every step with a conscious mind. And remember, the power is in your mind. And lastly, don't forget to enjoy the process. Yes, it's cold in the beginning, but I can tell you it's fun. It's really fun. So that's it, guys. Let me know how you like the Wim Hof method yourself. I would love for you to share your own experience on this. Go to our Instagram account at nevernotlearning and share your experience with me. Ask me questions about this topic or let me know if there's something really cool out there that I should try out next time. Curious Jules, out.